Consummate Athlete seeks health, community, and adventure through movement. And here on the podcast, longtime endurance coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford and author and cycling coach Molly Herford are helping you lead your best active, adventurous life. Every week, we talk with professional athletes, health and fitness experts, and of course, real-life consummate athletes. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It is going well. We are here. We are back. It is a new week. We are into, I guess we're already into September, but we're in past Labor Day now. Yeah. Did you have any back to school uh, moments where you needed to, actually, I know you for a fact, you busted out a new notebook last week. So yeah, I guess that that is true. I I don't know. I I remember feeling, I guess, after university, you know, some form of loss that that you know, seasonality was lost from my life, but I don't know. I think I'm over that loss. I've always said that's what I loved about cyclocross racing was that uh, it basically gave September like a new meaning or it continued to have that like back to school meaning for me and like interbike happened in September. So I, you know, it was kind of back to school for me. It was, okay, early September, we're heading to Vegas to go to interbike and I'm going to see all my friends and... Right. You know, okay, I didn't really need to buy like a new pencil case for it or anything, but let me tell you, I bought a new notebook for Interbike every year. Yeah, and I think we've been talking a bit about the seasonality and the phases of training and phases of life, I guess, right? And um, I think sometimes while it's sad, sometimes the time does go on and the years go by quicker and quicker. It's, I think it keeps you from getting stuck in a rut, right? We had a podcast there maybe last week we were talking about, uh, you know, in, in 2020, the year that was without having races, there isn't sort of those same, you know, inner bike is not happening. You know, there's a lot of this stuff. Cyclocross season isn't essentially happening. Right. So there's, you can very easily get stuck in doing the same thing, not giving yourself the rest weeks, the end of season break, the transition weeks, the whatever, right. Just shifting to running from this to cross training, you know, getting in the gym, you could very easily, and I'm as guilty is just same thing basically every day. Right. So what we're trying to say is if you want to buy new back to school clothes, we're not stopping. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's good to break out of that rut, you know, new, new year, new you. Any excuse for new year, new you. Right. Right. What posts do we have up this week? Um, Actually, well, one of the ones I was pretty excited about doing was uh, this. It's going to sound basic as I say it, but what does a cycling coach do? And I think that was an important post to do because a lot of people, especially masters athletes, maybe don't really understand exactly what they're getting or what they could get from a cycling coach out of a cycling coach or even just coaching in general, I guess. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, as, as you get older, if, if you're like me and you didn't really grow up with a a coach of any type, cause you didn't really do sports, the idea of coaching in your adult years might feel like, Oh, that's like a personal trainer at the gym. But obviously, well, maybe not, obviously. In endurance sport, that's a completely different kettle of fish. Right. And I mean, I guess that could be an example of someone who could help you with an element of your your athleticism. Could be a personal trainer or a strength coach or something like that. For right? sure. But yeah. that's different from an endurance sports coach. Yeah. And I think it's, it's I always lament that we're very familiar with the, the golf pro, you know, often like a cross country ski pro or downhill ski pro, the swim coach for master swim. Like these are things that I think at least adults in the endurance realm understand are, are things that people do. But then it's sometimes with biking for some reason, cause everyone can ride a bike and everyone learns to ride a bike, right? It's, it's not as, as obvious. Uh, and I always say like the end point of, of swimming is, is more dire, right? Like if you can't swim, <laughs> it gets sort of dire quickly. But then I, I go back and I'm like, well, I mean, crashing into trees and crashing, you know, into cars or whatever, it's, it, that's pretty dire too. Also right? dire, so, yeah. I mean, that's sort of gr- gruesome, gruesome approach to it, but so, if you're ever wondering what the, the scope of a cycling coach can look like, right. um, over on the site, we'll include the link in the show notes at consummateathlete.com. But I kind of broke down, in particular, like, honestly, what, what it is that we do. So that's anything from, you know, pre-made training plans to custom training plans to more, like, hands-on back and forth coaching online to actual in-person bike skill stuff and camps and clinics. Right. So it's a pretty wide range, but just sort of talking through what each of those looks like. Sure. So if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up. Um, and, you know, Peter's always doing phone consults and stuff. So whether you live around us in the GTA or, you know, you're anywhere else in the world, you can still talk through your training and what's sure. going on. Yeah. And I have, you know, that is the, the phone console I always say is like, it's a good one, especially for people who are, you know, training fairly well, but just looking for feedback on something, right? It's, you know, they're, they're having this issue or they want to, you know, tweak things to go to in this direction, race a different 
discipline or sport or whatever. Uh, sometimes it is. It's just like talk about it, you know, maybe look over what you're doing and, and there might be just a small tweak you can take and run, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of running, today's guests, we have Hillary Spires and Katie Mills. So I was super excited to get these two amazing women on. Hillary is the host of the Trail Running Women podcast, um, which is actually a podcast I've listened to for a long time now it's one of my favorites Sounds like it's up your alley it is exactly up my alley uh so these two are, uh they're both out in the vancouver area they recently tackled the juan de Fuca, uh fkt and you know their attempt was a seven hour run together and to me when i heard about that i was actually just completely fascinated by the fact that these two competitive women were willing to tackle this fkt together and finish it and i had so many questions around just like you know what do you do if one person is feeling better than the other like how do you handle running together and like not feeling this competitive twitch because as a naturally competitive jerk uh, i i really struggle with this right so i was super excited to to get to talk to them about you know what it looks like being trail running women and and friends who train together for sure yeah and that can be a factor i think for either gender but i think you do see that a little bit more where it's harder to be competitive you know with the social implications right yeah and i mean i you see this on master's group rides pretty much anytime there is a master's group ride uh, right you you go out for like a, a casual ride i'm using quotation marks around this and suddenly it turns into like a complete hammer fest where everyone's like you know, trying to kind of show off and sprint each other and push the pace just a little bit more. And how do you avoid that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess in this case, it's two people who are working towards a goal, right? But um, more so it's that social comparison, I think, is what you were getting at with the FKT and two women, especially going for it is, is I think where you were going with that. Yeah. I, I just find the whole thing kind of fascinating again, as someone who comes from a pretty competitive type a personality, we'll say right. the idea of, of going out and saying like, okay, are we going to stay together? What's our plan for if one of us is feeling good? What, sure. what if one of us feels like crap? Like how are we going to run this? Um, you know, it's so maybe even good takeaways just even for riding with someone else, right? Like you're going to yeah. go do a loop, whether it's it doesn't have to be a record setting attempt or anything. Yeah. So we and we like back off of the FKT and talk about just like running together and training together in general as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's a really interesting conversation. And I mean, Hillary is sort of the really good example of a consummate athlete. She has a hockey and baseball and MMA background, and she's currently trying to work on her her golf swing, which I find like hilarious and awesome right so. she could go back to some of those early episodes we had with jack sassville and oh yeah we had another golf one too actually which was actually quite good and i got a bunch out of it that sort of transferred over so yeah those are back in the archives but i'll, I'll remember to put those into the show notes as well if anyone wants to examine golf deeply yeah all right well should we get into it hear what they have to say for sure all right enjoy this episode with katie mills and hillary spires Hillary Spires and Katie Mills, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to get two rad women on and to, to find a time when the three of us can actually talk. I feel like that's always kind of amazing. So welcome. Totally. Thank Thanks you. so much for having us. Yeah. So before we before we dive kind of straight in, um, I'd love it if both of you could kind of just give me your your sort of when someone says what do you do both like athletically and in real life? Um, how do you describe and define yourselves these days? I know this is, this is the one question that I'm always just completely kerfuffled by. So I apologize for starting out like this, but. <laughs> Katie, you want to go first? Oh, okay. I guess so. I was going to listen to Hillary's and see if I could copy what she. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Question. I, I find it quite difficult to define yourself. Um, in terms of either what you do for work or athletics. Like if someone says, oh, I'm a runner. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But also so many other things as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So work-wise, I'm a web designer. I've been doing that for a number of years. Um, And I think I wrote to you, Molly, before I was like trying to summarize all the things. So um, I love skiing in winter, um, run all year round, 
Um, I'm British, which is quite a major thing if you don't live in the UK. So people here and you're like, oh, you're not from here. I'm like, no, I'm not. So um, <laughs> like, my accent is actually, um, it sounds like an accent, whereas before it was just, uh, you know, you sound like everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just started mountain biking this year and I've been telling Hillary about how terrible I am and how many accents over the front of my handlebars I've had so um no it has to be said you're in Whistler correct no so I I used to live in Whistler I lived in Whistler for years yeah okay uh oh so I'm sorry you're in North Vancouver which uh, actually equally goes to my point of uh learning a mountain bike in North Vancouver is also not an easy thing I was gonna say it's kind of understandable if you're going over your bars pretty regularly because you guys have some gnarly trails. Totally. And there's like, um, so we, we moved to Lynn Valley and there's one mountain bike trail that's um, that's green, like a green one, and it's fairly straightforward. And then as soon as you leave that, like one, and all the, it's the one all the kids do as well. So you feel pretty hardcore going down as a 30-year-old, you know, with them. <laughs> six saying oh can you move up my way please I'm faster than you um and then once you move off that then everything is terrifying so Mm -hmm. yeah so um to kind of answer your question which I didn't really do um I'd say yeah I'm a uh, runner skier web designer um all those kinds of things yeah and not Canadian (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm also not Canadian, so but I don't have a I don't have an accent, or maybe I do. It depends on who you ask. But I actually We're... have no idea. That tells how that's that shows you. I'm, I'm so bad at recognizing the differences. I picked I mean, up a Midwest. Are you American? I'm American. I'm from New Jersey, which actually is like a similar to a Midwest accent. So good job. <laughs> yeah, I had Ohio or Minnesota. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, Hillary, your turn. Elevator introduction. Oh, God. Um, long, you should be a Well, the, like, okay, so I, I always find this question funny, too, because if somebody, like, older than, say, 40 asks me what I do, I say I'm a salesperson because I'm an outside sales rep for a distribution company, and I do that um, in combo with a few other businesses. But, like, older people can relate to that because it's an official job title. If it's anyone under 30, then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I have an online business and I run an Airbnb and then I also do some sales. And they kind of get that like life now is a little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. um, I just I guess you could say entrepreneur. That's kind of geeky. But um, I have a, a run coaching business that if anybody listens to my podcast, they know that. And then a personal trainer. So I do some in-person stuff and then the sales stuff. And then I guess now I should also say I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. So my little guy will be one in two weeks. Second day of daycare today. Ah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> dropped him off. I cried. He didn't, so went well. Um, okay, and, okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as far as sports go, I get like I can never say that I'm a a runner because like I'm just a sports sports person. So like I in the daycare thing, I had to fill out like our religious beliefs, and I just wrote sparks. Like I don't know what else <laughs> to say. I just, love that. Oh my gosh. My dad always said there's a god of hockey and like if you're doing the right thing, the puck will go in and if you're not, you'll hit the post. And I just believe that that was how, like the truth of life. So I I live that way. Um, So I run now. I was a hockey player growing up. That was kind of my, I guess you could say, A sport at the time. I played in the NCAA and went to Canada Games and played women's pro for a bit. Um, And then I got into MMA fighting and... Now I'm really trying to get good at golf because I'm getting older and having a midlife crisis. And I think that I should have my like old person sport nailed in. Um, And then I just really love to run as well. So anything that has like a ball or a stick or like any physical things, I'm pretty into. That's amazing. Um, It's so funny. I was actually just, I keep saying I need to learn how to play bridge as my old person sport. (laughs) So I am right there with you. Awesome. and it's so funny. I've now met a few different uh, trail runners who had like a weird stopover in MMA. Really? Um, yeah. And I was the same. I actually stopped because I realized I really liked my nose as it was. And I had no intention of breaking it. So I was like, all right, we're, we're going to call it good before that happens. Did you so, have fights? 
I never even got to that point. I was just taking a ton of classes and absolutely loved it and, you know, would do like sparring and grappling and stuff like that, but never anything super official. Um, it is, it is a, it's a real rush, like walking out to your walkout song to the cage and you're just like, oh my God. Okay. Now I have to ask then, uh, walkout song. If you could pick one right now, if you were heading into a trail race, what oh would God. your walkout song be? I would do the same one and I don't remember it was a remix of bullshit and party and it was just like super badass and good so I would stick with that and I can't remember who did the remix oh I love it more trail runs need walkout songs that's gonna be my new my new firm stance maybe now that everything's starting like time trial format we'll have time to actually do that and maybe that can be kind of the element that we've been missing I don't know that would be so rad (laughs) right such a good way to get started and an announcer yeah like now starting Katie Mills with like some English song. No, it would be um, uh, like I want to be a Mighty King from The Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. I was actually playing that song for my puppy uh, like a week ago because we have our treadmill like set to a high incline in the bedroom and he keeps climbing up it and like looking over the top and it's just so like Simba looking over the cliffside. <laughs> he was not as amused by it as I was, but I thought it was hilarious. You guys are um, badass with your MMA. I went to a um, class with Hillary. It was like, what was it? Was it just like a boxing class? Yeah, it was just a beginner kickboxing class. Oh my gosh. Anyway, terrifying. Hillary hits really, really hard. And the guy <laughs> was like, you have to move the pads towards her um anyways the next day I couldn't move my arms I couldn't move <laughs> my legs <laughs> it is, it's hot and I was terrified and I did up end up on the floor at one point there was yeah, some I don't know, I accidentally I like, swept like, her by accident oh. <laughs> like, what she did really good like, your leg and Hillary was like this and then I was on the floor I was like oh cool <laughs> great oh, that's so funny <laughs> Uh, oh, amazing. Okay, so how did you two end up running together? And specifically, how did you end up trying to tackle the 47-kilometer Juan de Fuca trail a couple weeks ago now? Um, Hill, why don't you – I've got – okay, so I've got a really bad um, memory of certain things. I can remember stuff like maths equations or, like, my French oral from when I was 15, but I'm pretty bad at some other things. So, Hill – why don't you talk about um, how we started running together? <laughs> uh, okay. I actually, we met through a friend, Pargal, who I was, she goes to a gym that I was personal training at. And she was like, and Pargal is probably the most social person on the planet and invites everybody to everything. Um, so she's just super nice and runs nonstop. Um, so she's like, oh, you should come to my running group. And normally I would be, like a little bit nervous to go run in a group because I always feel like I'm going to slow them down or like I went to bike in a group and um you know like you're in the peloton and it's terrifying Mm -hmm. but for some reason I was just like okay I'm just going to do this like it'll be really cool um and Katie was the leader of the group um and I can actually remember Pargo being like oh that's Katie she's English and I was like oh she looks strong and not like a waif I'd like to be her friend And then I think probably we just, because Pargo is really good friends with Katie, um, we all probably just went for some group runs. Oh, and then you know what happened is we're in a group chat and Katie, you one day posted, you're like, I have this terrible six time one kilometer workouts. Will somebody please do it with me? And I was like, hmm, that seems Uh terrible. Yeah, I'll go do that. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, let's do it at 6 a.m. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it was like 8. It wasn't that early. I... Ridiculously oh, uh, early, and see, I do not. Okay, then you and I are simpatico that way. All of my uh, friends around here are actually tend to be moms, and so they all can only run really early in the morning for the most part. So we're talking like 4 a.m., and I have oh, a strict, goodness. like, 6.30 is the earliest, and you only get one of them a week, and I'm out otherwise. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. good. Because we went, we had to start super early on Saturday for our long run because he'll have to get back to her child. So I left the house at six, which is super abnormal. So much so that when I got back, the neighbors were like, wow, you you left early today. So I live in a <laughs> complex. 
And uh, I was like, no, I was like, I know. I was like, I'm because I hang out with um, my friend who's a mom, so I'm getting all the negatives of having a toddler, like the early starts. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the toddler yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's good birth control then, right? <laughs> yep. You're like I can sleep in. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so actually the first time we ran together was the um the trail lab yeah i think that would probably be right cool okay so two women how do you decide to go out for this 47k fkt attempt because okay so there's kind of two sides to that like one you have to be really comfortable with each other and really like confident that this is not going to end a friendship because I think that could be a friendship ender for a lot of people. Uh, and I mean, too, like that's it's just the idea of going after an FKT together is is a weird one, right? Because it's do you stay together as a team? Do you if one of you is feeling really good at the end, do, do one of you go for it? Like, how do you how do you decide to do that? <laughs> So I guess like the first thing would be like how we got to this point where we were um, like it was a shared goal. Um, And Hillary and I have had through different means, we've had like the last three years we haven't or two, three years, we haven't really been running that much. Hillary, because she was pregnant and then birthed a human and me just because I was injured. (laughs) Um, But so we both were kind of getting back. We were both kind of not running at the same time and then getting back into running at kind of the same time as well. Um, so ended up just running a lot together. Hillary has the same coach that I do, which was great. So we had similar workouts so we could be in the pain cave together, which <laughs> helps the bonding experience. Um, and then I had run a little part of the Wanda trail a few years ago, and it was always on my list to run the whole thing. Um, and then Hillary, was it your idea or mine? I can't remember. Yeah. I was like, let's do Wanda this weekend. And you were like, okay. But casual. Was, yeah. And then, and that was like two and a half weeks. It was early July, I think. Um, or three weeks. And I think I just looked at it and was like that I can do that week. My husband doesn't work those days and it's before I go back to work. But then we just said we were going to go do it. The FKT attempt idea didn't come around until Katie was speaking to Tara Berry and she was like, you guys might as well try and go fast. Yeah. So a good friend of ours. Um, so Tara and Alicia, um, they, they ran a couple of FKTs last summer I think on the West Coast Trail and the House Sound Crest Trail here in North Van. Um and I was messaging Tara and she was like, Oh my God, you should try and get the FKT and I was like, Oh, I guess so. She was like, it'll be super fun. Me and Alicia did it. And I'd always when I when they when they had done the West Coast Trail FKT together when I was um chatting to her about it, I couldn't get over the fact that it was so much cooler that she'd done it with another person rather than by herself you know like a shared accomplishment um so and then for for the for the wonder fuka trail i just thought it was it was kind of confusing because um there's loads of different times that are the fastest time so there's like a unsupported mixed gender self-supported supported so i was like oh god okay there's tons of times so maybe we'll beat one of them Uh, (laughs) yep yep yeah and it kind of just gave an extra little bit of motivation especially in the pandemic and they're not being you know race goals so to have a time-based goal was um at least something to work towards it made the six times one kilometer intervals a little bit more (laughs) bearable I guess (laughs) yeah and then as far as like keeping it a team effort like Katie was saying it was a little bit confusing so there's you're unsupported which is what we did which means that you carry all your own stuff and then yours, there's your supported, which means that you can have pacers and somebody can come. There's like a couple of beaches that you can get to that can um, come in and give you like a aid station, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that time, the supported time was 6.30. So the ultimate goal was to do beat that time, but we would be unsupported, um, if that makes any sense, right? So we were having no outside help, but we wanted to get the like top-notch goal past that the female um unsupported time was 718 and then i think there was a mixed gender team that was faster than that that we like just missed um so we were the fastest female team 
for unsupported at 706. I'm sure that sounded super confusing to everybody, but no, that's what it was. <laughs> it's the most confusing thing. And I don't know if you've checked like the FKT sites, but in the past year, they've also like shifted away from some of like the gendered things where it used to be like, if you ran and you were, uh, if you were two guys or you were a guy and a girl and the guy got the FKT, he would still count as self-supported or unsupported versus if the girl got the FKT, but ran with a guy, she would be supported, even if he didn't do anything what? other than run with her. It was super sexist. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> It changed uh, sometime in the past, like, 18 months, I'd say, because I was looking deeply into what these rules looked like uh, a couple of years ago, because I was like, well, I'm much faster than my... He's going to kill me when he says... Here's a, I'm faster than my husband, but I would want him with me on, like, a couple of these things. And I was like, oh, great, if I do this, it's either supported or... It's like a mixed gender team, but if he does it and he sets it, then it's unsupported. It was really God weird. forbid a female pace of a man. Exa- exactly, that wow. would just be that wrong, obviously. <laughs> so, and going back to the like, we were listening to you to write a letter of complaint. That is shocking. <laughs> yeah, so they've changed it now. So now it's all just like. Okay. just runners of any gender this is how it works and it's yeah unsupported self-supported and supported still and then there's teams and it's there's so many ways you can get an fkt it's crazy well and so to like further that as far as like how it works with the friendship um one of us is more competitive than the other and one of us is faster than the other and Ooh. the combination of that works to our advantage so i am probably a little bit more competitive than katie and um katie is a little bit faster than me so the whole time, my thought was the greater good is that, that we get this 630 time. So I mentioned to her multiple times, hey, you're faster than me. This terrain is super technical um, and I just can't keep up on that technical stuff. Like we hit, we knew where we wanted to be at a halfway mark and we were about at that time. So kept saying like, go ahead. Like, I don't care if you want to go run it. And if I was the faster person, I probably would have done it. <laughs> just been like, I'm out. But Katie was like, hey, there, we just ran into a bear. Um, we're having some funny conversations. We're singing songs. And this is way more fun to do with someone, which it totally is. Like if you were doing that gnarly of a trail on your own, you'd be looking at your watch every once in a while and go, oh, my God. Um, so we would yell at each other when it was time to eat and had like kept it fun and still had a reasonable time. I think um, like an end time. I think if we were going back we might be like, okay, we need to get halfway at this time. And then just like, if our goal is to get one of us to get that 6.30 time that like, then she just go and would have to be willing that that goal was more important than having fun with a friend basically. Mm-hmm. So there's but nobody feeling like they're being held back. I don't think without the option to go on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is that um, Hill and I had like a bunch of conversations before we were like, oh, if one of us wants to, because I was convinced that so, so Hillary, a few weeks before this had just run 100k on the North Shore. Meanwhile, my longest run was like 30 kilometers going into this. So I was pretty apprehensive about my ability to even get to the finish um let alone anything else so i was like um okay if i just i'll just bail at one of the beaches and you can finish and then hillary was like well if you want you can go ahead so both of us were kind of in that mindset but in the moment um it's just yeah it's just more fun at that time you know if you're if you're not doing it for fun then why are you doing it you can be competitive and still have a good time um as well and i just i remember when i ran my first hundred which was god years ago now it was um me and a girl jade who i think has the mixed gender record on the one fuka actually we ended up running a bunch of the race together and then going into the night i was like do you just want to run the whole thing together and she was like sure and we literally ran 90 percent of that race um together and it was awesome and i couldn't have imagined having a better race experience like sure one of us we could have probably run faster times if we had run separately Mm -hmm. but it was just yeah it was so much more fun to support each other and actually it makes you feel so much better too because if you're struggling someone's like kind of looking out for you and if they're struggling you then become the person who has to make them feel good so you forget that you feel terrible yes Uh, yeah so i kind of i really like that dynamic 
I love that you just said that because we were just on a hiking trip this weekend and I realized I kept getting really like, you know, irritable as you do when you're like three days in and you haven't showered and, you know, you, you want to be done. And I realized like if I was being irritable to my, my husband, he would immediately be irritable back to me. But if I would just say like, oh, I'm really having a hard time with this, suddenly he was like rainbows and sunshine and like perked right <laughs> up because he was like ready to help. But if I was irritable, he'd be irritable. So that like dynamic of like when I'm down, so like having someone that'll like help bring you back up and kind of remembering that is super, super helpful. Hello, everyone. We are here today to talk about a new sponsor of the Consummate Athlete podcast, Wattbike. Uh, so for those of you who are kind of trying to already think about uh, indoor training, Watt Bike is a smart bike capable of connecting to the leading training and racing apps at Hem Zwift. Yes, it includes all of these online features. You can connect to them. It is a smart bike. And this is a bike that's been around now really big in the UK. Uh, and that has been made into a smart bike to connect with all of your favorite apps. Um, but it's benefiting from all these years of experience being used uh, for testing with big organizations like the UCI Cycling Center is using it for their talent ID. So you know that these bikes are super accurate. Yeah, and the cool thing is if you're training inside, it has real ride feel technology, so it'll actually feel like you're you're riding on the road. And okay, uh, maybe in the winter, it's better that you know, you're not getting the snow and the wind in your face, but the resistance will feel like you're actually outside pedaling. That's right. And while we're looking at, you know, what we're going to do inside, I always talk about this idea of trying to use our context. Where are we? And the Watt bike, one of the great things that I really like about it is they have, A, they're really accurate, but B, they offer um, access, free access to the Watt Bike Hub, which is a bunch of, uh, you know, climbs and and different courses you can ride uh, using their Erg mode, which again is very natural feeling, very road like. Uh, and they also have uh, a pedal sort of po- what they call the Polar View and pedal affectionate pe- pedal Affection- affection uh, The affection is the effective score, uh, which essentially is just they're going to sort of graphically present your pedal stroke, right? And sort of help you while you're indoors staring at a screen. Why aren't you getting some feedback, some biofeedback, we might even say, right, to try and develop that pedal stroke and, and, and work on that. Yeah. So if you are looking for a way to get fitter this winter, uh, head over to wattbike.com slash US. That's W-A-T-T bike.com slash US to find out more about how you can get one of these. Okay, so this is a really interesting time for both of you to be doing something like this. Um, and obviously, Hillary, with the 100K a couple weeks before that, um, also interesting time. So you both have kind of, in, like, you've both dealt with, well, Katie, you've had an injury and you have a nine-month-old puppy now. And Hillary, you had childbirth and an almost one-year-old human now. Um that's a lot to uh, to come back from, even when it's like positive things like a puppy and a baby. So how did you both kind of make those, make the comeback, basically? I realized okay, that I, could be its own I, podcast in and of itself, but... <laughs> Hill, I'm going to go first because my situation is way less complicated than I feel like being injured and having a childbirth are uh, probably not the same they probably don't equal the same the same thing Um, yes but as i'm watching my puppy and trying to get him to not pee on the carpet i'm like you know what though having a puppy very similar to having a toddler (laughs) yeah it's it is it's actually it's actually well hillary probably said it isn't but every time she tells me a story about like baker like having the most gigantic poo i'm like oh my gosh that happened with peppa too yep Uh, yep (laughs) The only so the only look- difference is that your puppies aren't going to kill themselves by jumping off of the bed or doing something. So there's just the element of like, man, this thing just can't keep himself alive. I don't know. That's I have true. a mini dachshund and they are known for jumping off of things <laughs> that they shouldn't jump off of. I guess it's a I But um, and also the great thing is after what, two months, she goes outside and takes a poop by herself which Baker definitely was not doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so anyways, yeah, so I guess my situation 
But I was just so it'd been a pretty long process. So the background of the injury without going into too much detail is um, about three years ago, I was just jogging on an easy gravel road with some friends, took a step off the side. There must have been like some stick or bush or whatever that I stepped on. And it, the the stick that was about, I don't know, maybe a centimeter and a half wide went straight through my shoe and straight through my foot. Oh. Um, yeah. So and I thought it was I was quite brave before this happened. Now I realize I'm an absolute wimp. So it was it was so painful. And um, I was in the ER. It was a um, holiday Monday. And the doctor came in. He'd obviously just been mountain biking. And he was wearing like his cat backwards. And he had like dirty cars. And my boyfriend was like, are you actually a doctor? Um <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, long story short, um, he said it would be better really quickly, but there was a bunch of stick that still stayed in my foot for about three and a half months. Um, so I was totally like I couldn't step on that leg for about three months um, at all. And then as soon as I could and my stitches came out and everything, I was like, okay, I'm going to make up for all this lost time. Mm-hmm. Didn't do any video, started running as much as humanly possible, ran a bunch of races, um, skied a lot, just did everything to make up for that lost summer. Then got tendonitis in my pelvis, uh, which if your listeners don't know, the pel- your pelvic area gets minimal blood flow, and apparently you need blood to heal things and tendons take a really long time anyway so it's been about a year and a half of not really doing much at one point I was doing two five minute runs a week um which was pretty demoralizing but anyway so so after that started and and still I'm still kind of managing it so at the end of the Wanderfuka um the last couple of hours were pretty pretty painful but 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 manageable um so after all that time the stoke to do something anything was pretty high and the motivation was pretty high as well so um that kind of trumped all you know dealing with the puppy at 3 a.m and 5 a.m and all that kind of stuff just the motivation to get out and see friends in the running community see people in the running community obviously this is before the pandemic oh my gosh Wait, you might have to edit this out. My robot hoovers just started. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's on a schedule. We had to get the we had to get it for the dog hair. Um, do you relate with the with with your pup? It's I just- do, and I'm about to be like, how well does it work? Important segue here. We oh, have a do you have a Roomba? We have uh, a Roomba, but it's not, we have the Roomba, but it's not like the super, super, super fancy Roomba. It's the one that doesn't have a camera. So it gets around by bouncing off your furniture. So we cannot be in the house when it's on because you're trying to do work and it's just running into your chair that you're sitting on again and again <laughs> and again. I'm going to say, this feels like it's actually a fairly good, good tip, I'd say, for, you know, busy athletes because... Well, you know what? One. We call it Ruby. I feel like it's such a time saver. Like when you think about the however much time it's going to take you to vacuum your house, you could spend the time running. Totally. Yeah. Or like, or you take the dog for a walk and then you come back to a sparkling clean floor. No, honestly, I love it. But um, um, anyways, I totally lost my train of thought, but I think I was at the end of my story anyways. <laughs> so with the with the pelvic uh, tendon situation, did you did you learn from the stick situation and actually do some like rehab and physio around that? Yeah, so I have the most amazing physio. She's actually I think she's been on Hillary's um, podcast, uh, Carly Foster. So I was seeing I've been, I was seeing her before the stick incident and then didn't see her after the stick incident. Um, and then I was seeing her for about once every two weeks and I now see her about um, once a month. And she's really how I can be running right now. She's, um, yeah, super diligent. Um, yeah, she's amazing. So yeah, that's that's awesome. And I mean, I know that's that's kind of one of those like hard lessons to uh, you only have to learn it once. Um, and once you do, you're like, oh, right. Physio matters. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like 
teenager and going on a crazy night out and you think you feel bad the next day and then you hit your 30s and you're like wait 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 just only takes a few of those lessons to realize that you aren't a teenager anymore yeah exactly uh, <laughs> all right hillary how about you from you have a son who's almost one year old and you were running 100k last month how how does that work yeah, well, you said it could be a podcast on its own, and it can, and it yes. was. Um, my husband and I did one on how we trained for one because I think, when did we do it? He would have been 10 months when I did the 100K. Um, so I guess I have a few like main points um, that I like feel that I should just be compelled to say as well. Childbirth is is pretty traumatic on the body. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And there's like this thing out there that's like, oh yeah, after six weeks, you're good to go and your midwife can tell you that you're fine. Um, but you're not because as we know, Katie just talked about, there's these pelvic injuries that can happen that are pretty freaking bananas. And your pelvic floor is just destroyed after you have a baby. Um, so I always urge people, and I always wanna say the disclaimer that work with a pelvic floor specialist is it's not just doing Kegels, it's doing Kegels that are specific to the damage that happened to your body. And there's like a hundred different ways that you can do them. And they will talk to you and help you strengthen it so that you can run for a long, long time because you might feel okay and end up with some problems later. Um, whether it be the pubic dysphyxis, whatever Katie had, I can't say it, um, or prolapse or all sorts of things or just incontinence, like totally avoidable if you just give yourself a little bit of time. So my first thing is like, didn't have a baby and start running right away. Did start running a little bit too soon. Didn't feel great, took some more time off. Um, and then I fell in the night on my hip when I was running. Well, not the oh. night, but in the, in the dark. Um, and it bruised the bone pretty bad. Um, and then I raced on it and it got real screwed up. So I ended up with like another six weeks, I think it was in November after the race till after Christmas before I was running consistently again. And I sort of feel like that was the world being like, sit down, idiot. Um, so I, I did, I sat, I sat down uh, and just did lots of core and lots of pelvic floor stuff and lifted um, and just like, you know, had a baby. Um, but was like able to get back on the bike and jogging. And this was pre-pandemic. So like my husband and I would switch times so that I could go to the gym and still stay generally fit because like also when you have a new baby, you kind of do want to feel a little bit like you are yourself mm -hmm. um, and you're not completely just like gone. And then after that, like, I don't know. I just think, I don't know if this sounds bad or not, but like having goals and doing things, it's, it's not that hard if it's a priority. Um, like you just have to make it something that you want to do. So um, it's just, I love, running and I love being able to do things and playing sports. So instead of watching TV or spending my like time when um, Andy was with the baby going shopping or, or whatever, I was just running. So I just used all the time I had to like build back um, and just kind of made it my priority for the week. But I've always been that way. Like I've always worked out, you know, like six days a week as much as I can because it just makes me really happy. So I guess my whole point of that is just like, it's not impossible time-wise if you just choose to use your free time for that. Um, and then we just did a lot of like making it family adventures. So my husband's an athlete. So we would like, like we had days, we have a friend in Squamish where um, Katie actually went skiing with my husband and I went to our friend's house with the baby and she has a gym in her house. So we all like, we made a little circuit and one of the friends got to, just like Cattle Baker and everybody else did something and we rotated around and he just like rolled around on the floor. Oh my and God, then, amazing. Yeah, it was super fun. And then Andy came home and he took the baby and then Katie and I and our other friend in Skomish, Kate, went for a run. So we just like made days of it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and like babies, you know, they talk so much about like, oh, you have to have this crazy schedule. And like, yeah, keep you on the schedule as much as you can. But like, we would just do a lot of, the, there's a local hike called the Gross Grind that like carrying a baby takes about 50 minutes to an hour. And so you would just be like, okay, during his nap time today, I'm going to carry him up this mountain. Um, so you just find ways to do it together and stroller running. Um, so it just kind of became like our lifestyle, which was fun. And it, I'm like, it definitely has its challenges. Like 
yes, I would was very thankful that Katie would get up and run at like seven or eight with me. But that means that I probably was up at like 445 to pump milk out of my boobs and like feed the baby and change his <laughs> diaper and put him back to bed and like come down to the trails um, and sometimes run a little bit earlier. And that's just, you know, you adjust. Um, and then, yeah, I think a, a huge part of it is just having a supportive partner who like finds those things fun. So he would come out, he came out to the hundred K with Baker and, um, or sorry, not with Baker, but ran part of it with me and was an aid station. Um, and he just loves this stuff. So Katie and I are going to do the Hudson's Bay trail in a few weeks, months, Ooh. month and a half. Um, and same thing, try to get the female FKT, which I think there's only one female record out there right now. Um, so Andy and Baker will drop us off at the trail and then they'll drive three or four hours or whatever it is to the next town and meet us there. Um, so we just make it kind of like fun things. And I think it's a good example for the kid to see too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad you, you mentioned the thing about priorities and it, it sort of almost comes full circle back to that first question I asked of like, how are you, how do you define yourself if someone asks what you do? And I think there's a lot of people, and I'm going to say, especially women who are really afraid to define themselves as athletes. And I think if you, if you don't define at least part of yourself as that athlete, you're much less inclined to prioritize making the time to do that, that training do those runs, do those workouts. Um, so it's kind of hear, cool hearing that sort of like full circle there. Yeah, and I think to that point as well, some people will be like, well, I'm a mom. So then they get the mom guilt doing that. But like, if I spend, you know, have a huge training week and say I run 100, or sorry, 10 hours for that week, there's still however many hours are in a week, like a lot that I'm with Baker, right? Like do the, do the yeah, math. Yeah, it's a lot of other hours. <laughs> a lot of other hours. Um, so, and to that same effect, like, if I'm out for three or four hours going on a trail run on a Saturday and I get home at like noon, I'm so much like such a better version of myself because I've like taken, you know, that whole like put your airplane mask on first. And then Bacon and I have the best day ever, even if he's super fussy because I'm like re-energized and can like really focus on him. So I think it definitely goes both ways to make you a better mom as well. Not just like that you're being selfish. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and I, I really wanted to come back to this idea we talked about sort of before we hit record about adult female friendships. I mean, it's it's hard to find. And, you, you know, you even mentioned it was kind of scary showing up for that run group the first time. Um, and I think what's, you know, there's sort of the two sides. First, you're like afraid that you're going to be the slow one. And then I think, you know, there's also a fear of like the competition aspect between, you know, even good friends. Like I'll, I'll say I'm actually terrified of doing any races that I have friends doing because I don't really necessarily want to be fighting my friends for the, the finish line. And I'm, I'm a competitive jerk as a, is what I usually say. And I'm like, I shouldn't be allowed to do that. So that's just my, that's my hill. Um, how I do you totally guys, can relate to that. Yeah. How do you guys handle that with each other and with groups and any advice for any women who are kind of in that same nervous boat and just won't even run with other people because of it um I guess I can speak about the um the like Hillary said I'm not I'm competitive in that I want to push myself to the fullest extent that I'm capable of but competitive against other people isn't something that um that is really like I'm not super competitive against other people so I guess when when it comes to like the um, female competitiveness, especially, I what you just said about not wanting to show up to races for other people, I find it super difficult to resonate with that. And I think the reason is um, I can definitely see like why you could feel like that. Um, but I think in my head, the more of my friends there are in a race situation. And if they're like fast friends too, the more likelihood that I'm going to be, you know, you're going to encounter them on the trail. And, and the, also the likelihood of you running to your fullest potential is way higher than it would be otherwise, because you've got um, these fast people around you, inspiring you and pushing you to kind of do your best. So um, that's, I guess, the, the mentality I have about 
um, female competitiveness. I've got to say, it definitely wasn't always that way. Um, just before we hit record, I think we all mentioned that when we were, when I was younger, same with you guys, I did, I didn't really have as close girlfriends as I do now because the um, where I grew up, it was the guys who were doing the cool skiing, they were doing the cool adventuring, you know, the backpacking, and I hadn't been exposed to a group of women who were doing that, and that's totally on me. I'd had that perception that I was the, um, I was just hanging out with the guys, and that was the guy, that was the guy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, be, and now having found this um, group of women. I mean, it's not even in the lower mainland, is it, Hill? It's like everywhere you go in the trail running community, you encounter groups of women who run together, train together, race together. And they're all better athletes because of it. Um, And just better humans, too, without sounding too cliched. You know, having this group of, um, of strong women around you definitely, definitely kind of changes, has changed my um, kind of outlook. So kind of getting over the that um getting over that thing of oh I'm not I just I don't hang out with or I'm not a girl's girl to now I'm like oh a guy wants to come run with me and a friend I'm like oh be better if like it was just us yes I come that I completely resonate with it's it's been a very big shift for me in the past I'd say like three or four years realizing like oh hey, other women run and they're super cool and this is amazing. And I think when I was in cycling, uh, that, that was even more male-dominated and my my whole crew there was was men and I was almost lucky that I had to kind of build up a run crew from scratch when I when I came up to Ontario. So it was easier to, I think, like, I'd had, I had to find my, my female run crew because we didn't really have that many guys around. So it worked out for me. And it's interesting, as soon as your perspective changes, you see it in other sports too. So... Um, even a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, you know, mountain biking, it's just, um, you know, there's, if, so, now, so now I'm not a mountain biker, a terrible mountain biker. Um, even the other day, I had such a similar experience. So I've been biking with my boyfriend quite a bit um, and not really with any other women just because I don't know any female mountain bikers really. Um, so, and I was doing this um, really difficult black trail for the first time and I was at the top like a little bit nervous and this um girl comes up and she was like dressed like I was like oh she's she knows what's up um and I was like oh you can go ahead if you want like it's my first time and she was like no it's okay um she was like you'll crush it so it's a super fun trail so I was already like oh she thinks I'll crush it (laughs) 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 so so much more confident going in um and then halfway like you know classic flew over the handlebars got up again redid the feature um meanwhile this chick had caught up and I was like oh you sure you don't want to pass and she was like no you're killing it this is amazing um and then got to the bottom and she was like you rode that so much better than I did my first time it's super impressive and I was like you know if my boyfriend said that to me I'd be like okay cool but it's just it's different when it's coming from someone um yeah, just I just it just felt really different. I felt like I don't know the stoke level was pretty high mm-hmm. <laughs> after that. So yeah, and I, I'll say for for you once once the pandemic is over and stuff is back to normal, if you can do the women's downhill night at Whistler, it is the coolest way to meet women out there who are just like kind of just getting into riding, but have probably mountain biked a little bit and like live in the area. Like I did that last time I was there, and I met some people who. I ended up actually coming back out there to do Ironman a couple of years ago. And as I was like doing the marathon in Ironman, a woman at the aid station was like, I met you at the women's downhill thing. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. Oh that's my awesome. God. It was that's so awesome. neat. <laughs> uh, awesome. And okay. Hillary. So same thing with the, the competitive question. And also, I mean, you actually have this amazing podcast that lifts other women up and, I imagine it's also pretty awesome for being able to, I always say the main reason we do this podcast so I can chat with really cool people. So seems like you're, you're psyched to make friends with more female runners. Yeah, definitely. And for me, it's been like, I don't know, I guess it, sorry, I shouldn't move right when I start to talk. I know yeah. things pick up sounds. Um, like, I guess it runs quite a bit deeper for me and running has helped relax that 
like expectations. So it's totally about expectations for me. So when I was a kid, um, with hockey, like there were expectations that I would be the best on most teams and be the captain of whatever team and, and all this sort of stuff. So you got to get wrapped up in the fact that your value as a person is on being the best person player at whatever sport that you're playing. Right. Um, and that also comes with a lot of pressure that can take some of the fun away where suddenly you're not competing with just self-improvement, but like you need to be the first player on the power play and all of these sorts of things that come into it. Um, and when you've lived your whole life like that, is it a, it's a bit of a challenge to be like, well, if I'm not the fastest runner out of here, out of my friends, they're not going to like me, which is such a crazy thought, but that's what's been ingrained in your mind is like, that's the person you are. So if you're not the best you know, if you're the best fighter in the gym, that's why you have friends there. It's it's not. They don't care. No one gives a shit about how fast you run. Only you do. Um, but it's easy to get into that mindset when you're growing up like that and, like, your parents are proud of you. And they're going to be proud of you anyway. But, again, like, you, this kind of thought pattern is reinforced. Um, so I think I found it harder to race against friends at the beginning. But now it's starting to make more sense. And again, like it's easier because running isn't what is most natural to me as an athlete. So I'm not supposed to be the fastest runner out there. Like it was not it just like, you know, there is some nature versus nurture stuff in there. And like, naturally that wouldn't be my a sport if I was going to pick one to be really, really good at. So if I was to go race the same race as Katie, for example, it's exactly like she said, where it probably would make me faster. And it probably did in the Juan de Fuca. So that is just a really kind of cool, exciting thing. I do find it still a little bit more challenging with people who might be very close in pace to me that are my friends. And that would be more like suddenly I do put the pressure on myself that I expect to be faster than them because I might've trained harder because hard work like is my thing. Um, so then I feel like I'm putting this own expectation on myself. And then the reason that that gives me anxiety is it's so important in ultras to run your own race that my fear is that I'm going to see somebody who I think I should be able to keep up with and blow myself up trying to keep up with them, right? Like that I wouldn't Ooh, yeah. be smart. So it comes down to just this weird anxiety that I'm making up in my head that's like, well, you know, I think we might be pretty even. And if they're going to run this fast, I should do that and then completely blow up. Whereas like if Katie just took off, in 100 mile, I'd probably be like, well, you know, she's going to go do what she's going to do. Um, so it's just, yeah, like, it's so funny. It's just totally these weird stories in your head. And then as soon as you get to the race, I mean, I'm sure it's probably fine, but um, it's a, it's an interesting one. And I do find, and I think I said this to Linda, like way back at the beginning of the podcast, that running and running with a group of girls is really is way more rewarding than trying to be the best player on a team to make a certain team to get scouts to look at you or something like it's training every day that feels really good and is equally as rewarding to go out on an adventure run where nobody's running as fast as they can and no one's trying to trying to win the Saturday group run because you don't <laughs> win that um, and that that satisfaction is like actually way higher than whatever place you come in. Oh, I if love that, that. Any sense. That made so much sense. And I think actually that's kind of a, a perfect spot to, to wrap up. Um, I, I don't think I could say that any better. And <laughs> I know with your busy, busy life and doing all the things you need to get going. So before we before we call end this, uh, can both of you just let everyone know where people can find you, follow you, Hillary, in your case, listen to you, etc.? Yeah, uh, sure. I guess I'll go first. Um, so, uh, my oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm not very good at updating Instagram, but I'm on Instagram, Katie underscore s underscore Mills, and I have my website um, for uh, creative stuff is Catherine K A T H A R I N E Mills dot com, and that's probably it. I'm like not in the pandemic. I tried to stop scrolling um as much as possible so nice i i tried i was not successful so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, and you can find me at Hillsport. And Katie always makes fun of me, but it only has one L. But I've had many people be like, I tried to, tried to find you. <laughs> and I put in two L's. So Hillsport55 on Instagram. Um, and my podcast is the Trail Running Women podcast. Super simple so that when people searched for trail running, they would find it. Um, not, a, not a great name. Um, so yeah, listen to us over there and can I actually bug you to give a little plug on where people can find you because I'm just going to put this out on mine as well. So the name of your podcast and where we can get more stuff from you. Yeah, absolutely. So I am, I am at Molly J Herford pretty much everywhere. And then my husband and I have this podcast, the consummate athlete, but it's also consummateathlete.com is sort of our hub. It's where we have all of our articles and my husband's endurance sport coaching. He's mainly a cycling coach and we do a lot of bike skills clinics and stuff like that, um, especially when we're not in a pandemic. And yeah, I write a lot of articles and books and all of the fun stuff there. So you can find that at consummateathlete.com. Sweet. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and chatting about this. It's it's just so cool to you know get to talk to two rad women who are doing cool things and doing them together and separately. I, I just, I love it so much. And hopefully one of these days we'll get to make it out to the West Coast and I can bug you guys to go for a group run with me. So fingers crossed that happens. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us bring on, you know, great new guests. And yeah, we'd also love to hear from you. You can find us on the interwebs um, at consummateathlete.com, at consummateathlete on Instagram. Uh, and I am at Molly J. Herford on Instagram and Twitter. And Peter is at Peter Glassford. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.